Welcome to the Thriving in the Word podcast. We are so happy to have you listening today, and it's a great conversation that we have as we dig deep in the Word. If you're enjoying the Thriving in the Word podcast, we'd invite you to like it on whichever podcast service you use, leave a comment, a rating, review, even share it on social media. Let your friends and family know about what we're doing here. We hope that you enjoy this edition of Thriving in the Word. Okay, so we are in John 11 to 15. A lot of good stuff in here. And so we'll just open this up. Anything stand out to you as you've been reading through these? I think we've read through it several times this past week. A couple long chapters in here as well. And um, a lot of good stuff. Obviously, you start with Lazarus and kind of work through the, the beginning stages of, uh, of when he's going to be crucified, Jesus is going to be crucified. But anything specific stand out to anybody as you've been reading through this? We I usually jump in in the middle, but this raising of Lazarus, I heard that story as I was growing up a number of times, but never really delved into it as deeply as I have you know, in my later adult life. And a lot of things come to my mind, and I have read the story over and over again based on what John says here. Jesus was close friends with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. I mean, it makes it clear in the Bible that in this story that he, he's very close to these folks, and yet he delays when they say, could you come? And I found that interesting. He delays going there. And so I was thinking, so why would Jesus do that? This Lazarus was a close friend. He even cried mm-hmm. at, at one point, and, and the people said, well, that's how much he loved him. He's crying. And this, this Jesus is the rabbi, the teacher, and yet he was so touched because Lazarus was his friend. But he, he took the time, even the, the girls, the sisters say, hey, you know, you, if you'd only come here, if you only got here. So I think about that, and then I, I, I thought Jesus knew all along what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. He knew what he could do, and while everybody else may not know what he was capable of because some people laughed and says, hey, yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not sleeping, he's dead and you're not going to be able to do anything. Even the sisters, even though they trusted him, said, but, you know, he smells. If you open that up, he's been in there, what was it, three, four days, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that. I go, but Jesus knew all along. He knew what to do and maybe he was saying, okay, let me see if I can do something. I'll delay, I'll go there and maybe people will get the idea that I'm God, mm. that I'm God. In addition to that, I thought that Jesus was giving them a preview of his own resurrection. Mm. I don't know if you guys thought mm. about that, but I did. Yeah. I said, mm, I wonder if Jesus is now previewing that he conquers death. Mm-hmm. He has conquered death. He conquers death. And here is a living example, no pun intended, in raising Lazarus from the dead. Mm. I'm going to be able to do the same thing, so you needn't worry about me. That's yeah. my commentary on that. A couple of thoughts, but one, just kind of tagging on to what, what you're doing. If you read verse 4, this is long before Jesus comes. What, what does verse 4 say? But when Jesus heard about it, what he said was, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, mm. so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So this is days before he ever even shows up on the scene. Like you said, like he's like, eh, it's not going to end in death. And, and the interesting thing, too, just like kind of, is we see that, that they're very close friends, right? And here, he's saying, eh, it's not going to end in death. The next verse says, 
So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And that to me just always has stood out of the fact that Jesus was not in a hurry mm. to be anywhere. He, he it's was, like, he, like he was asleep in the boat. Yeah, he's yeah. just like he's just doing what his father wants him to do. He's like, yeah, it's not going to end in death. Meanwhile, Jesus knows that at this time, since he stayed there two more days, we don't know how long the trip took him to get there, but we know by the time he got there, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. So most likely, they sent the messenger to Jesus. Probably by the time Jesus even received the message, very likely Lazarus was already dead. Mm -hmm. True, exactly. And so so he here, Jesus already knows what's going on. He already knows, hey, they're already mourning. He's already technically dead. And Jesus is like, don't worry. It's not going to end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. Now, what, what does that sound familiar to? It sounds familiar to what we talked about last week about the blind man who they said, why is this guy blind? Is he blind because of his sins or for his parents' sins? He says, no, he's blind right. so the, God's glory can be revealed. And here again, we see he's like setting up these dominoes of, uh, like you said, kind of revealing his, uh, his divinity and his power over death. This line you read, Judah, though, you know, and I didn't look at it, but again, now that you read it and I heard, hear you say it, uh, that verse 4, he says, again, let me read it, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. John, the writer of this gospel, he's talking for all time. He's talking to us right here. He's talking to me mm. because the people, even though Jesus said that, they still didn't believe. Mm -mm. People still didn't believe that. Even when he got there, you know, people were ridiculing or, or you know, making snide remarks probably. Yeah, oh yeah, he, you know, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, what are you going to do? And they did, he said it there, so that's very appropriate that you pointed it out, Judah, but people didn't believe it. And why I say he's speaking to us today is the same thing. Do we believe? Do we believe that? Do we believe Jesus? Mm -hmm. John is saying in, his, in the entire gospel here, he is telling us that Jesus Christ is God. Do we believe it? We have to ask ourselves, do I believe that? If I do, then I can be saved. There is no act. There is no process. There is nothing I can do right. for my own salvation. That's what John is saying to them and to us. Mm. All I have to do is believe in Jesus Christ. Nothing I can do myself. It's there if I want it. And Jesus is saying that there. This happened for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. But I don't think a lot of people listen to that. No. No. Mm -hmm. no. And so it's just, you know, continuing down. Because let's go back to Judea. Now his disciples objected. Why they object? Because just a few days ago, they were trying to stone him there, which we, we just read about recently. Yeah, why would you go? You know, yeah. and, and he's like, you know, there's 12 hours in the day, blah, blah, blah. This mm -hmm. is our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I'm going to go and wake him up. Again, he knows, says... The disciple says, if, if he's sleeping, he'll get better. They thought he meant he was really sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. Yeah. So then he tells him plainly, Lazarus is dead, guys. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you'll really believe. Come, let's go see him. And then Thomas, Thomas doesn't say a whole lot uh, in the Gospels, but here's one of his quotes. He says, let's go too and die with Jesus. <laughs> you know, because he's like, <laughs> well, he's getting stoned, but yeah. Whatever. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in with you. Where, wherever you want to go. 
Come on, guys, let's go. Hey, if we get stoned, we get stoned. Like, it is what it is. You know, Dave's favorite quote there. <laughs> and, um, you know, and he, he's like, Let, let's just let's just jump in here. And, uh, and we're going to, yeah. And we're, we're going we're gonna to go wherever Jesus goes. And, hey, if we get stoned here. It is what it is. Yeah. Didn't that happen to Paul? What's that? Didn't that happen to Paul? He, yeah, he got he stoned. He got, got stoned and then he got back up and yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't really brush himself no, no, off. No, no, just, yeah. <laughs> they kind of they kind of thought he was dead. They drove him up to the, the edge of town and yeah. somebody got him. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So it definitely showed that he was hurt. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He's like ah, oh, oh. feel a little, little tough. Like woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but good otherwise. Um, but yeah. So so then they go to to Bethany. Actually, it says Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many people come to console Martha and Mary and the lost. And, and obviously they got this whole conversation with Martha first, then Mary. Now, I mean, verse 25, I mean, a great, great verse. Mm-hmm. I am the resurrection and the life. This kind of goes back to what we are talking about believing. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Yeah. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? But, you know, I am the resurrection and the life. And again, kind of like what you were alluding to, this kind of precursor to his own resurrection. He's showing that he is king over all life and death. That he has the power to control uh, life and death. And so this is just like a little warm-up act, you know, a little, a right. little, little demonstration before right. he gets to the main event, right. you know, because he knows he's going to be doing this before right. long to himself as well. He really this, makes his presence known throughout John, like because I think this is like number. Yeah. Seven or eighth time that he's saying I am? This is the fifth yeah. time. Officially. Remember I had mentioned you guys yep. are seven. This is the fifth I am statement. You're exactly right, Lenny. He's letting himself be known. In here, Jesus is saying in that verse twenty five Judah read there, that even though we die physically, we will live on spiritually. Jesus is saying that right there on the resurrection of life. If you believe in him, if you believe in him, he brings life to the physically, the mentally, the emotionally, and the spiritually dead. Jesus will bring life if you believe in him. Mm. That's an important statement, and, and might want to go on. I, before we do that, I just if we can back up to verse 16. I didn't want to skip over that. I just want to bring that to your attention. You guys may have outlined it too. Thomas, nicknamed the twin. This is when they're going to go to Bethany, as Judah just read. Thomas, nicknamed the twin said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. Mm. Remember, Thomas was what? The doubting Thomas, right? Mm -hmm. Or some people claim. Some people claim. (laughs) Yeah, some people claim. But anyway, he was willing to die for Jesus. And again, I thought of it, going back to what I said before. The people that didn't believe up above when he said, oh yeah, you know, know, or didn't listen to him really when he said his sickness won't end in death. He, He said it and people just probably didn't even pay any attention to it. Now, Thomas is saying, even though the, the other disciples said, yeah, if we go there, you're going to get stoned and we're going to die with him. Let's go with him and die. Let's go to and die with Jesus. Would we, rhetorically asking, would each of us, would anybody be willing to do that with Jesus? That took a lot of guts. Yeah. I mean, Thomas is, uh, is incredible. That, that line struck out me. Let's go and die with Jesus. He says it point blank. Right. There's no mistake in that. By the way, here's a little tidbit for you. Maybe you guys know. Does anybody know why they call Thomas the twin? Because he was a twin. 
<laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. I, I don't, no, I don't and know. I want you to look it know. up and, and confirm, but I'm going to just give it to you quickly so we don't dwell on it, but a little, uh, little bit of trivia. Yeah. It was because Thomas looked like Jesus. Mm. That's uh, why. Yeah. You look mm. up historically and you look up, you know, huh. Josephus and others, he looked like Jesus, and they called him the twin. Didymus is the word. You may right. have seen, heard that yeah. word, Didymus. Yep. And that's the Greek word for twin because he looked like Jesus. But anyway, oh, wow. That's interesting. Well, I'm sure if, if I was Thomas, he must have had a big sigh of relief. Like, whew, like, okay, we're good. Yeah. We're not dying, right? you know, like, because... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but could you say that again? Not, yeah, I don't know. Rhetoric, and I'm thinking to myself, could I do any of the things that some of the people in well, here did? We've well, talked about it similar to, like, Peter denying Jesus three times. Would you have denied Jesus three times? Right. You know what I mean? So, honestly, I would probably say, yeah, I mean... The question really would be, would you be afraid enough? And I, I'm going to say, yes, I would. I'd be afraid. So I probably, even though Peter was a rock and he turned out to be a solid, he, he you know, foundation for the church, he was a human. Mm. And, and he was afraid and, and scared when Jesus got arrested. So I, if I was in his position, I'd have probably been running for the hills. Mm-hmm. Peter well, probably really didn't know, like, no, I'm not like that. Like, he just never experienced that. So yeah. how would he know? Yeah. You know? And I'm just going to go off on a little, little rabbit trail. We'll probably actually go more off on it later but nobody calls peter the denying peter (laughs) you know but everybody calls thomas the doubting thomas i don't fully understand that and as a result of that nickname that we've given him whenever i've read this verse in the past i've always read it sarcastically where he's like well let's go to and die with jesus that's how i've always read it if you you do the audio version of this it's even read that way so it's kind of like like okay well if you're going to be stupid well we'll go and we'll just die with jesus but but i think that the way you said it is probably actually more accurate And, and, and knowing thomas like here's the thing no other disciple i feel like has as pure of a lineage of salvations as thomas does i know people people that come to our church that can track their salvation directly back to Thomas. Other disciples, they spread throughout the world as they knew it. But where did Thomas go? Thomas went to India. And so Thomas went specifically to Kerala, the state of India. And there, still to this day, is the only Christian state in India. He went there, he founded churches. All the Christians there... They, they adopted Christian really? last names. Wow. So, you know, know we, we know people yeah. with the Christian last names mm-hmm. instead of the Hindu ah, last names. They all wow. have Christian last names instead. Yeah. And their whole state is Christian. There's churches in their state. I believe he set up, I think it was 9 or 11, something like that. Um, churches in India went throughout. He's like the, the patron saint of India. Mm-hmm. That's it. All the rest of India is all Hindu, mm-hmm. except that one state where even to this day, 2,000 years later, it is still a Christian state, and everybody who serves Christ there can directly trace their lineage back to Thomas, who was also martyred there. He was run through his spears, I believe, in India, and yet everybody still calls him the doubting freaking Thomas. And I'm like... <laughs> I never knew that about <laughs> Especially yeah. in India. India is like with their caste system and the way that their religious right. system is set up. In other words, right. So you get all these <laughs> states, but that one state, and, and so I've asked people, I've asked several people, uh, different families that are from the area and stuff like that. It's like, you know, so what do you think about Thomas? They're like, they're like if it wasn't for Thomas, they're like, we would have never heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all these, like, I don't know how I heard the gospel. You know, I mean, I can track it back a generation or two, but I can't say, oh, it was because of the work of St. John or something. But then it's like, 
That was the only person that went to that continent. And, and I don't know, I just think it's interesting. And then right here, he's saying, yeah, let's go die with him. And, and I always read it sarcastically, but again, I think that the way you said it is probably, probably more accurate. He's like, okay, guys, well, you know what? If he's dying, I'm dying with him. You know, He's like, I'm not going to abandon you now. And, and everybody gives him a bad reputation because he said one simple statement that is probably one of the most logical statements ever to be said. He says, all you guys are telling me a man I saw murdered is alive again. Here's the deal, guys. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Until I can put my fingers there and I can say, yes, this is Jesus. Like, I'm not taking your word, Peter. I'm not taking your word, John. It's like, like I need to see it with my own eyes. And although they say that that was him doubting, like, wh who of us would not have said the similar thing? Like, honestly, I mean, we all know people that have uh, died. And if I said, hey... You know, hey, so-and-so, you know, that was, you were really close. They, I know you, you thought they died, but I just saw him walking around the street the other day. You might be like, okay, Judah, that's nice. But until I see it, I'm not taking your word for it. Trust, but verify. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, and once Thomas verified, boom, he was off. Yeah. And, and he went somewhere nobody else went. Like, I don't know how long it would take him to get to, to India from you could walk there, where he so was. I mean, I don't know. It's a long, long travel, though. Yeah. And, and he goes there. All these other guys, they stay in the, the general region of where they were. I mean, obviously, Paul, he ventured to, to Rome, and he went to some other places. But mostly, these guys are staying in the, the vicinity that they were they started. And he's like, okay, guys, I'm going to go to a totally different part of the world. We've, I mean, he probably never even heard of this place. He just, like, takes off and is like... Wherever I land, that's where it's going to be. And, and so again, so just just kind of bring some balance to to Thomas that he was actually probably, uh, you know, yeah, he we don't have a lot of records about you know him is you know he hasn't written any books that have made it into the, the the canon of scripture and you know we don't really know a ton about you know there's a lot of legend but we don't have as mm. much historical fact as we do about say Paul or Peter or these guys, but yet we see the results. Of an entire state and a continent. I wonder if, like India, like the state itself, where like the churches are, if they would have maybe like literature or something yeah. within their. Yeah, you know. very likely. And I, I know some of the churches still stand to this day that he founded. And I know there are some writings of, of Thomas, but for whatever reason, they, uh, they they didn't prove to be as accurate as the as the rest, or they weren't available at the time that they canonized scripture i don't know i mean ultimately that was god's will i believe but it doesn't mean that he didn't still have a huge impact there and, and again i don't know to me it's just inspiring you know it's inspiring that that a little you know kind of guy that really didn't have many significant roles in this other than getting a bad reputation for asking a reasonable question mm. um unlike peter who like literally denied jesus and again we don't call him denying peter or or john who ran away naked when Jesus was was getting uh, arrested, we don't call him Naked John, you know, but we still call Thomas Doubting Thomas, and I and I've only ever heard negative things about him my entire life. But I'm like, when I started studying him a couple years back, I'm like, actually, this dude was he was pretty legit, solid. Yeah, sorry, my my little rabbit trail on Thomas. Is it because your last name is Thomas? Yeah, well, see, see I, I, I grew up. My, my dad, my dad, whenever he would introduce himself, he was like, yeah. Like you know, I, I'm uh, I'm Ron Thomas. He said, like, but I, I I'm the believing Thomas, not the doubting Thomas. And so I'll, you know, he's just trying to be funny. But again, that's the common perception is that sure. Thomas was a doubter. But I mean, why? Why? Why do we think he was a doubter? Because he just simply said, 
I saw him die, guys. <laughs> like, like, until you Logic. can prove it. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm right. not just going to go along with it. Yeah. Yeah, I see you're really excited, but you know what? Maybe you're just seeing things, too, you know? Mm. So, uh, I don't know. I just think that was, that was interesting. Um that he uh, he did anyhow, but yeah, back back to back to John eleven here. I think that a more honest reading of that verse is probably not the sarcastic way that I've read it most of my life, mm-hmm. which is the yeah, well, we're just gonna go die with Jesus. And I think it was like, okay, guys, I'm in. Like like, like the big battle scenes in the movies where they're like, you know, we'll go and fight to the death. Who's with me? And somebody's like, eh. I'm in. You know? <laughs> and then everybody else is like, ah, yeah. if that scrawny dude's in, I'm in. I, you guess, know? I guess I'll so, come too. But it's like, Tom is like, yeah, sure, what the heck. Let's go die with Jesus. You know? it's like, <laughs> That's the way I took it. So. I got nothing going on two days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might as well get stoned. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't take that the wrong way. Verse 39 in that same chapter 11, again, still with Lazarus. Verse 39, Jesus says, Roll the stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. It's not lying. Now, now, again, that goes back to what I said at the beginning. I don't think people were listening or believe in Jesus, even this woman who loved him dearly. And Jesus has to say again, now in verse 40, Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? There it is. He said, I told you. I I told you that when I was going to come on my way here. But apparently people, some people didn't listen. Some people heard but didn't believe. And he's saying it again there. So that somewhat wraps it up for me to say, okay, even Martha, she's thinking, what are you going to do? This is going to be incredible. She says, don't worry. Jesus says, this is, you're going to see the glory of God. And of course, then he he brings him out. You know, I, I want to back up to verse 32. And this is something that's honestly, it's bothered me a little bit about this story. And I can't quite process it. Maybe we can kind of discuss it a little bit here. But we'll start in verse 32. And I'm in the New Living Translation. It says, When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And, and obviously, you know, he just had a similar conversation with Martha, where she tried to ex- essentially explain away what he's saying in verse 24 when he says you know your brother will rise again he says yes martha he'll rise when everyone else rises at the last day they're kind of like saying yeah 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 we get it jesus he's gonna rise again someday but not today right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then lord if you'd only been here my brother would not have died verse 33 is is where my inquisitiveness begins listen to what he says when jesus saw her weeping saw the other people wailing with her a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled now i'm going to read this in the tone now that i'm assuming where have you put him right like this is not a morning jesus right i don't take this as a morning jesus i take this as a ticked off jesus he says a deep anger welled up within him he was deeply troubled where have you put him he told them i said lord come and see then jesus wept I, again, I've always assumed that, that he was weeping because he was sad. But why would he be weeping because he's sad? Because because he knows Lazarus is going to rise again. He's already predicted this numerous times. Oh, and, okay. and they're saying, oh, you know, oh, he's, he's so sad. He says, the I people were standing nearby and said, see how much he loved him. Mm-hmm. But some said, this man, he had a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled at his entrance. Roll the stone aside. 
Jesus said. Martha said, Lord, he's been dead for four days. Still smell will be terrible. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? They roll the stone aside. Jesus looked up into heaven and says, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so they'll believe that you sent me. Then he shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man comes out. And I don't know, I just, to me, like, that's a different a different reading hmm. than, than how we normally picture it. Like, he's coming, he's sad, they're all like, oh, this is so sad. And she's like, you know what, I'm going to fix this problem. Let's go and see Lazarus. We're gonna, I just, like, this whole thing, is, it's like he's angry. Why is he angry? You know, what, what's he so ticked off about? Because no one still didn't believe in him. That's Dis- kind of like what I'm thinking. Yeah, disbelief, yeah. that's the way it still. sounds. Like, yeah, uh, still. context with... David shared before that sounds like he messed up with his disbelief. You keep on reading, it goes down in the 44, and the dead man came out. His hands and feet were bound with grave clothes. His face was wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Mm. With an explanation point. Yeah. yeah, with an explanation point. And in those asterisks, whatever. Take him out of those, you know, things. And Never read let it him go. like you that, know, like, with that kind of emphasis on what is going on. Right. I think you, you kind of read it like you said, yeah. right? Just kind of like, oh, it's sad. Jesus is sad. He's frustrated. Like, come on. Because people want it in real time. Yeah. When someone's sick, when someone's blind, when someone's crippled, when someone's mm-hmm. possessed, it's right away, right there in the moment, Jesus do it. It's like, you know, come on. And so so we always think that Jesus wept, which is the shortest verse in the Bible, obviously John eleven thirty five. It's always a verse as a kid. Somebody says, hey, go memorize the verse. Oh, I memorized the verse. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. And, and, and we have the, 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 the assumption that he was sad. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But maybe, like, have you ever been so angry that you cry? Mm. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Not, I mean, not for me, not often. I like, know. you got to be angry. Every day. To, like, be angry enough to... <laughs> <Just> yeah, <kidding. laughs> You have to be angry to be like so angry. You're just like, uh, like I'm, I'm like this anger is like boiling out of me in tears. Yeah. And and they're like, oh, look how much she has loved him. And he, and he says, and he's still angry. I don't know. I just again, I, I just read that a little bit differently than um, yeah, that type of anger is either at the point where it's going to break you or it's going to drive you. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. So it's just something that that I've I've just kind of wrestled with. Like like what was the. Uh, what was the anger uh, about? Like, why was he so angry? And again, the best thing I can kind of pick up from it, it was, it was that it was at the unbelief. Because he's like, I keep telling you, I keep telling you over and over and over again, you know, that, that I'm going to raise him up again. And you just won't, won't believe me. So this, this entire story here actually illustrates just like how some people were just not getting it. Like, he's, all, he's so mad that he's crying. And they're like... Oh, he's so sad. Mm. Look how sad he is. Poor guy. Mm. Yeah. And like, they're still like, just, it's not clicking in their head. And then the transition to John eleven forty seven with the priests and the leaders uh, and the Pharisees wanting to get together to try to plot to kill Jesus. This guy is getting away with a lot of these miraculous wonders and signs. Like, we got to take him out. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just looked up the... Uh... He's making it look bad. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Greek word here, because in the King James, it, it words it a little bit differently. It says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, this is 33, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. That's what um, 
what it says. That word, the first word is groaned, which is imbromaomai, and that means to sternly to charge. It goes to snort with anger, to sigh with chagrin, to be very angry, to be moved with indignation, to charge with earnest admonition, sternly to charge, threateningly to enjoin. So that, that, that's what that word, and then and the final word, and, and was troubled. That word troubled means he's agitated, to cause inward commotion, take away his calmness of mind, disturb his equanimity, to disquiet, make restless, to agitate, to trouble. So again, like I, I, these are not words of mourning and grief to me. I, I don't, I don't see it as that at least. So it wasn't a mourning Jesus. It was a pissed off Jesus. Yeah, I mean that, that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. And and then again, you know, obviously we like to uh, make some personal application here. Uh, is Jesus ticked off at our lack of faith? Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's like that. yeah, and our lack yeah. of trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, he, if Jesus walked in here right now in flesh, would, would we believe him? So going by your premise there, Jude, and I don't think it's far off. Uh, though I did mention that, yes, uh, he he uh, it says he wept, but he's probably a little bit upset, as Ben said too, that people are not believing him. Mm. That everything that he's doing saying signs everything that he can possibly do and and people are just not getting it they're not believing it even his own disciples Mm. who will eventually do some of the things that we said to show Mm -hmm. run away virtually Mm -hmm. uh, at least temporarily he's upset and would he be that way here would would i be able to tell him again the the old thing you know am, am i do i have enough evidence to convict me of being a christian that old question there he walks in uh do any of us here do we say yeah, we've been, we believe you. Yeah, we believe you. I'm going to go raise people, and then I'm going to go go cure COVID. I'm going to do this. If he walked in and said that right now, would we believe it? Mm. But he even, like, like nobody's believing that he can go and bring Lazarus back from the dead. And then even, like, I think it was Martha, it was like, you know, he goes and says, don't you believe that I am the, the son of God? She goes, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, you can't do this. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> good, but not that good. <laughs> Yeah, Martha says that, but then again, as I pointed out... It, we know it, you can it, make bread yeah. and fish. <laughs> but, uh, Pretty tasty. In, in verse 29, though, Ben, uh, Martha is the one that says uh, she protests when he wants to roll the stone back. Yeah, because of the She stone. says he's been dead, but he's the, she's the one, as you said, that said, oh, yeah, I believe. But how much does she believe? And again, let's do what Judah said. Let's take it to the present. How do we apply it here? How much... Do we believe? I believe in you, Lord. How much do we believe in him? Is it is, just so much? Is it a true belief or a yes, but belief? Mm. Do you believe it? Yes, but. But that's too much, you know. <clears throat> well, and, and an interesting thing, too, to just dawn on me, for the modern mind, I wonder if this, this miracle was for the modern mind more than the ancient mind. Because if the story said, Jesus arose, and they said, oh, like 10 minutes ago, Lazarus died. You just barely missed him. And he went and, and he spoke and he rose him to life again. What would we say? Oh, he was just sleeping. Yeah, he, he probably wasn't really dead. Slight concussion or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like, four days. <laughs> four. <laughs> they're like, he was in there four days. He smells bad. 
Like, don't yeah. open that thing up. And yeah. he's wrapped up in all the things. Right, that right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when they would embalm somebody, this was like eighty pounds of like yeah. <laughs> embalming, yeah. like I, I fabrics all this gauze and stuff. Around yeah, somebody yeah. Where they used whatever they used back then. So he's, yeah. walk, he's walking out there. He's like looking like a mummy. Well, I mean, it's gauze, but they would they would put like usually all these uh, herbs and stuff. Oh, and it was, it was like this. Too, this yeah. Like sticky substance that would kind of like coat it. Well, so remember that how, to keep everything uh, together. We know how intact. the decomposing body yeah. smells. So that yeah. they uh, even Martha alludes to that. You know, he's gonna in one of the Bibles I read while I was reading a story in one of my other Bibles. It said, "Lord, he he's gonna stink." You yeah, know, they translated it like that. And they they didn't have the means to um, uh, eliminate that smell or, or, or mitigate it. Other than wrapping up, or as yeah. you just said, putting oils and all types of perfumes upon the person. So I just think it's interesting that, like, like for our benefit, almost, like, I wonder if mm-hmm. Jesus is like, you know what, two thousand years ago, they're going to have a hard time believing <laughs> this. So let's wait a few days. You know, it's like I don't know. I mean, in His sovereignty, He sees beyond all time time zones. I mean, he's um, like, he getting all unwrapped, and he's like, oh, so like, oh, you're alive. Like, yeah. I need a bath, though. <laughs> yeah. I, what is it smell? Yeah. <laughs> I smell like death. I'm, I'm wondering, too, like, if maybe the reason why Jesus got upset is because, you know, he's approaching his death, and people still don't believe, and yeah. the unbelief is still continuing throughout John. It's, where, al- it's almost You know, the people died. who are closest to him don't believe in him, and his death is approaching. Again, you get to the point where, you know, who believes in him even on the cross? <laughs> but if we just go down a little bit, we're talking about in that story of Lazarus where uh, about belief and, and, and who does believe in him or who really believes in him, as Ben says, is it a I believe but type situation? Yeah. So we go down to 45, and I don't know who read the, a verse in there. Was it Judah or Ben or somebody? Uh, the plot to kill Jesus. Oh, yeah, is how, so, that, yeah. Or you read, Lenny. The Pharisees say, as you, you read in 47, uh, the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council, the Sanhedrin, together. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. Now, one, they notice that. They they say that, so they immediately they acknowledge that he's performed miraculous signs. And they say in 48, if we allow him to go on like this, meaning performing, soon everyone will believe in him. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that part of the sentence, soon everyone will believe in him, means that... It's like self-indicting. Still, yeah, yeah. So, But then you get to the second part, then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. It, it, it's, it's very short-sighted. Like, they don't even believe... Like they don't even believe their own prophecies then, because like mm. weren't people believing that Jesus was going to come and destroy the Roman armies and free them from Roman control? Mm. But now you're worried that the Romans are going to come and yeah. destroy you. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's what they originally thought that the uh, Savior, the Ma- Messiah, would be as a uh, you know somebody armed and ready for combat, mm. you know, a force of one that will destroy that way. But uh, obviously, that's not what Jesus had planned to do. They were expecting General Patton, and they got Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, but again, everyone will believe in him. There's they're saying, uh, which tells me too that again, a lot of people still didn't believe in him. Yet, they're, but they're saying if he goes on and keeps doing these miracles, I'm trying to think of okay, what else would he have to do? He just raised a man from the dead after four days, and the Pharisees are saying, well, if he keeps doing things like that, like what else will it take for people to believe? That's my mm. point here. What else will it take for us? To yeah. believe in Jesus. Mm. Well, and then the next verse, which I, I love the prophetic nature of it. Caiaphas, who was the high priest at the time, said, You don't know what you're talking about. 
you don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than the whole nation to be destroyed. Indeed, yeah. He did not say this on his own as a high priest at the time. He was led to prophecy that Jesus would die for the entire nation, and not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. Talk about us again. And so, yeah, so it's like Caiaphas, who is like a proponent of Jesus' death, is actually prophesying about the Messiah. And, and how ironic that is, because you know we talk about all the all the prophecies that Jesus was fulfilling. So he was pro- fulfilling not only Old Testament, Old Covenant prophecies by the early prophets and by David and by um, types and shadows of Abraham and Isaac and Cain and Abel and the sacrificial lamb at the Garden of Eden. And, and the sacrifices in the temple. Like, not only was he fulfilling all of those prophecies, he was also fulfilling his own prophecies. And now he's also fulfilling the prophecies of his enemies. Try that one on for size. Like, how, how do you fulfill the prophecies of the enemies that want you dead? Mm-hmm. You know, if that doesn't give a strike of validity to the message of Jesus, then I don't know what does. Yeah, no kidding. It's like, you said some story during uh, one of your sermons about the, I think it was Gen- General Washington, or maybe he was, the, they were trying to get some guy a pardon. And he said, like, I'm sorry, I can't give a pardon to your friend. It's like, my friend, I hate this guy. Yeah, yeah. But he's innocent. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if he's even doing his enemy's prophecies. It's right. Like, well, and, and that's what we see all throughout this. And we see, like, in, in Pilate, and we see in the high priest, and we see all these these people who are players in this drama. And uh, and then there, it says, you know, he didn't say this. Oh, right after um, 53. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot his death. And so then Jesus stops his public ministry and he goes to the wilderness and stays there with his disciples. And I just think that's interesting. You know, at the end, he's he kind of withdraws back to the wilderness. It's a common theme that we see. He's going to the wilderness because that's where he prays. That's where he communicates with God. And that's where he's speaking into his 12, Judas included, that he's speaking into them as he's preparing them for not only his death and resurrection, but he's also preparing them for the start of the early church, Mm. which is, that was the end game, right? The start of the early church, that was the goal. And and sometimes like, like, I mean, obviously we think about forgiveness and we think about, oh, he died to forgive our sins. Mm. Yeah, he did, but he also died to start the church, to start this gathering, this ecclesia. That's what he did. He he said, okay, now you guys are going to go and you're going to run with this and the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and you're going to do great things and you don't need me here anymore in the flesh. I'll be back again, but you guys go and do the work. And you look around and see what that work has inspired over 2,000 years. And it's astounding, really. Yeah, hmm. yeah the book of Acts to be continued. Right, Unless yeah. I'm living mean, in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're definitely still in it. Okay, well, let's uh, let's wrap up here. Um, John, John 11. We almost made it through the whole whole chapter there. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's still probably stuff in John 11 we can. Oh, I'm, I'm sure no, there still is. is. I'm sure there's, there's the still plot tons. To, to kill Jesus. We we didn't um, really dive into that more. But there, there's lots lots here in John. 
Uh, we'll, we'll leave that for next time. We'll continue reading this, though. John 11 to, to 15. Tons of stuff still jam-packed in here. And we also see that this is this is kind of like the beginning of the, not really the beginning of the end, but this is the beginning of the, the journey to the cross, shall we say. Um, because now now things are starting to, to fall into place. It's really only a, a master could have aligned them all. So we'll continue with this, reading this several times this coming week, and we'll get back get together again next week and discuss what stands out to us from there. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.